All right, we're live. Welcome to the From the Stands podcast. JC and Jacob here. Shout out to Squadcast for making this very easy and very yes. professional. Because if you only saw our setup. Yes, sir. Squadcast is the bomb.com. They haven't paid me to say that yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. All right, let's not let's not skip to it, man. We were talking before we even started this. Um, we had some rough games over the weekend. By rough games, I mean, you guys still put out a win. And by you guys, I mean the Clemson Tigers, my Carolina team, um, 30-point underdogs. Didn't get beat by 30. I think it was 27. So I got, I did recoup, recoup some money. Not a lot, but I recouped a little bit. Um, Man, I just want to start off by, I, and I think, I think Beamer said it best when one of the first questions he got asked, I was watching the post-game news conference, was that somebody asked him, like, you know, what did Georgia do <clears throat> scheme-wise up front to disrupt their O-line? And Beamer snapped. Pretty quickly, and was like they didn't. They have a hundred five star recruits, and <laughs> they're bigger and better than us, and they're gonna line up and beat you. And that's exactly what they did. Um, I mean, give their D line credit. Um, they're big. Davis is huge. A three hundred pound man should not be able to run like that. That's insane. He'll, he'll he'll go top ten in the draft. Uh, yeah, ninety nine, big ninety nine, disruptive force. I think it's tough, man. I know we struggled. We still got guys from the must-chat bear there, but it's still frustrating to sit there and watch it and just like we we helped them out so much. We really did. We we didn't I don't know, man, the turnovers, the O line. Um <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but it was it was tough to watch, man. I did watch most of it. It was just very tough to watch. Um I, I don't know. Did you get to watch any of it yourself? Uh yes, part of it. Um it was a very drawn out Clemson side. So, you know. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but I kind of stuck with it for the first, you know, quarter or whatever. And then I kind of saw the score just keep going up and up. And I was just like, well, Clemson's in a tight one. Let me, you know, watch them. So I kind of kept an eye on Absolutely. it. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, to quote Beamer, you know, there's no moral victories. But it was good to see the fact that at the end of the game, like we were still playing hard. We were still trying to move the ball. Um which I feel like we wouldn't have done in years past. Again, man, we're 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 very we're far behind, but we're not very far behind. I feel like in the in the sense that he's building a culture and it's showing already. But we got to get some recruits in, man. It, it's tough not only to line up versus that D line and those guys, but and, and I think I, it seems like every year I don't know what it is about Georgia's scheme or what, but I think every year I feel like we play them. We play like soft coverage and just allow them to just march down the field. I don't know if it's just like a bend, don't break mentality, but it seems like every Georgia game. Now, this is with different coordinators over the years. We have just sat back and let them just pick us apart. And now, don't get me wrong, JT Daniels, JT Daniels is a very good quarterback, very accurate quarterback. But even years past when Georgia has had some, I don't know, some of their not so good quarterbacks that they've had play there, um, we've made them look like Heisman people like I, I don't know man and it's frustrating now maybe we don't have the guys that run man-to-man yet we have cam smith's our best guy we got some good safeties but other than that man our secondary is, is one of our weakest points it's just frustrating to sit back and just like watch them pick us apart mm-hmm. i don't know i mean maybe that's just the life of a carolina fan and i should be used to it but um i'm just not okay with losing in that fashion even to the number two team in the nation right no, it, it never is easy uh, to lose a game like that. Forty to thirteen, not a pretty score. But I mean, I would say 
it's still a moral victory in a way because like you're saying y'all were sticking to a game plan and and kind of showing something kind of continuing to fight and uh i mean I, i've said this before and we didn't have a podcast before the clemson and georgia game so it's kind of hard for the listeners to you know quote me on this but i i said before this season yeah. started that you know, Georgia is really going to surprise people this year. I think, you know, they, they've always, and I even said this last podcast, they've always had the recruits. They've had the five stars and the four stars just littered everywhere, but now they finally have a quarterback and they've have some weapons that are actually being used correctly. Um, so I think they're just, they were going to take that next step and, and Clemson learned that in week one, we kept them, you know, kept that offense at bay that, that week, but uh, I mean, Clemson, not to change it to Clemson, but they really seem to have a historic defense just like Georgia does. Um, we just had no offense, but Georgia has an offense. And, you know, no matter how many five star guys that you think you may have, their five stars guys are, like you're saying, number 99, 340 some pounds, shouldn't be able to run like that. It, it's, it's like a band. Or it's their second and third string guys are also five star guys. So it's exactly like the the depth. Georgia's had play. that embarrassment of riches for a while, but I think it's just <clears> finally going to. I mean, they were just in the national championship a few years ago, so it's not like they haven't been there. But I think they're going to take that next step. Yeah, I've had that year. same like thought. I'm like, man, they've been they've been good, but they haven't got there. I was like, well, they did go to the the Natty a few years back. They just had to play Bama again. So if it weren't for Bama, we, maybe they would have gotten one. But it, it is weird too, I guess. And being a Georgia fan, I mean. I mean, Mark Rick got fired, and he was winning ten games a year. So obviously, they have a very, uh, I mean, same with Les Miles at LSU. Just the 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 expectation is very high. I thought what what I would I I was happy about was the fact that we did, even though we had success in the throwing, like the passing game, like we had some deep balls. We did stick to the run. We ran the ball five more times than we threw the ball, which is good. But when Kevin Harris runs for a one point nine yard average. A guy who's a thousand yard rusher a year ago, um, injuries or not that he's had, like that that's not, man. That, that's that's not sustainable. Josh Van has come into his own. He completely different player from last year. Like absolutely completely different player. Like he, he's the clear number one guy. Jalen Brooks made a made a hell of a catch on the sideline. Um mm-hmm. probably would be the number one play, but that Oklahoma interception was just a tad bit better. It's a bad day to yeah. have a one handed catch. So may, maybe that would that would have made number two. Um right. I don't know the, the way Beamer talked, man. I don't know when Doty would have came in. I think he, he would have had to since he was the number one guy before Zeb. Zeb obviously hurt his hand. Don't know if it's broken, but I thought Doty looked very, very good. Um, in the sense that last year, the little bit that he played, he just looked very raw as a passer. Um, and with his legs, I get it. Uh, but I thought he threw the ball fairly well. He's got a big arm. I mean, he throws it hard. The fact that he has legs, he can move around, that helps us out a lot. So, no, I love Zeb and what he's done and, and for him to step in like that. But I hope we play Luke Doty the rest of the year and we don't see another quarterback just because he's going to give us the best chance of winning, especially with these defensive fronts. And honestly, man, and this was, I was watching it, watching the game last night with some friends. I was like, not to take a shot at Clemson, but the way that Georgia Tech was, not to flip scripts yet, but the way Georgia Tech was like getting to Clemson early on in yesterday's game, I was like, okay, is Georgia's defensive line that good? Or was Clemson struggling? And is Carolina going to be able to, to 
hold their own and not the case. I, I just think Georgia's just that good. Like it's just that's just yeah. what it is. They're they're not a fluke, man. It's it's gonna be a tough road for the the teams that play them. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that, you know, this early into the season, especially that both Clemson and South Carolina have played a common opponent and played somebody this good. You know, uh, we, yeah. we kept them kept it closer than y'all did, but th- this is like you're saying, y'all are still two and one at the end of this. Y'all are still have the same record as the Tigers do. Like, uh, South Carolina football has a lot to be excited about for right now. Um, and plus that was at Georgia, you know, yeah, y'all are good, known for, yep. you know, pulling off a big upset against Savannah, Georgia every so often, but you normally have them at home when you do that um, at Williams Bryce. So, you know, the, I think a lot to, to come from this and I, I, I agree with you. I think they really need to stick with Luke Doty because he's a sophomore. He's your future, you know, for the next, hopefully this year and next year. And unless he really steps up, I'd see him staying there for a senior year, you know? Um Absolutely. And, you know, Nolan is, he's a good backup to have. And he, I feel like being a, an assistant coach like he was supposed to be, he could do nothing but, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick has done for years, do nothing but coach up Luke Doty. And, you know, we see this, you know, he's got some talent with his arm. I, I'd like to see him only having six rushes for one yard. I think, you know, and sacks come into that, I think, as well. But, you know, I'd like to see him yeah. have, a, you know, he's an athletic dude, really kind of, spread spread it out and use his legs and stuff but yeah as far as the game man only 82 yards rushing that's still pretty good for against georgia you know with that defense but i'm excited yeah, about but with 34 carries though you know what i'm saying that's that's the price for the average yeah company. yeah yeah for sure but you know against georgia is kind of hard to to you know to read that but i'm excited about josh fan you you hit the nail right on the head with that him and uh <clears throat> you know <laughs> I don't think he's Debo Samuel by any means because that dude is lightening up in the NFL. But you know he's he's coming no, and into he's his a own. different body type. He's yeah he's right. he's not like wasn't known as like a speedster. Like he's he's not the tallest guy either. But he's got a big body on him. He knows how to get position and and he's running very good routes. I mean you got three catches, one hundred twenty eight yards, and a touchdown. To me, we just got to keep throwing the ball deep. Now, granted, we didn't have a lot of time either. But Dodie's uh, depot accuracy to me was impressive. So if we can. Just in the past, we haven't really tried that. Like, we'll take shots, but like, it's not consistent. So, look, we got to take shots, especially in, in some of these games. It's like we go in as a 30 point underdog, man. Like, you got to just like, at some point, you got to let it rip. You know, you, you, you got to go down swinging. And I think we did. I'm glad we stuck with the run and tried to get something going, try to wear them down. But at the end of the day, man, it's just right now, Georgia's in, competing for the national championship. And right now, we're trying to get out the East. So, it, it's just. A part of me knows, you know, we we got a long way ahead. It's just still frustrating, man, because you get a new coach and you want things to happen so fast, and it's a process and right. it's a grind, and it's you just got to enjoy the journey of of getting there. Um, so you know what? We'll, we'll. But the thing is, I think me and you kind of did this before the season started. You know, we kind of go down like what should be a win, what should be a loss, and and kind of this was one of those ones like okay, we kind of knew it was going to be a loss, but these in between middle of the road is the ones we need to pull out. We got to beat Kentucky and Missouri and Vanderbilt. Like we need those wins, because uh, I think a bowl game is going to be a, a win for Beamer this year. And then you know we got you guys at the end, so we'll see. But I mean, it's tough, man. But that's one of those ones you got to watch film. You got to learn. We did some good things. Defense. Jalen Foster had two picks. We forced a couple fumbles. And so I mean, that, that's always a good sign that we're still out there making plays. But 
one, we, we just got to be more consistent and we got to stop having dumb penalties, man. We've had a lot of dumb penalties too, which is frustrating, but yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is your take on the, your defense. Cause y'all still give up 40 points, but um, like you're saying, you still got three turnovers. Like I, I still, there's a lot to build from this game for sure. Yeah, I mean, I thought the defense did all right. Uh, Sherrod Green going out early doesn't help him getting carted off. Uh, it looks like he he's going to miss a substantial amount of time, maybe in the season. That's not good. I know Brad Johnson was a a little sick. They said he might have had like some, it's like a stomach bug or something. But I mean, again, that that's not going to make the difference in the game. But our D lines is our our strongest point, but they're also probably one of the younger groups, um, specifically like Jordan Burge and Pickens and those guys. But they got to continue to try and get pressure, and we've done it. But obviously, everyone knows if you get pressure with with four, um, it, it helps you on the back end from the linebackers being able to, to play coverage, and then and then helping out your corners and safeties, who are, again are our youngest unit. So we got to get pressure with four. I think we did a good job of mixing up some blitzes and, and at least getting there. But at the, they're still just sitting back and throwing the ball. So we'll see, man. We've got Kentucky next week. That'll really gauge where we're at. Uh, it's tough, but yeah, defense definitely made some plays. We got guys. There's a lot of good individual efforts that I'm happy with. We just got to put it together, right? And it's still early in the season too, you know. So I I, I do think this is yeah, something I, to be excited absolutely. about. So uh, well, now we'll transfer move to, on the to the to the Tigers. Yep, fourteen eight. That's basically all I want to say. <laughs> no, we we. Uh, a disappointment is is uh, a, a word I'd like to use uh, among other words, but you know we we as a Clemson Tiger as as how much success we've had the past couple of years, still winning a game is and being disappointed about it is a step I'm proud to be at. You know, as a Clemson Tiger, because we Clemsoning was a thing, and I kind of thought we were doing it for a minute there. Um, that used to be a thing that haunted us for years and years and years. And I think especially over the past four and five years, we've really gotten over that hump where we don't really lose those games anymore. So a win is a win. And like Dabo has kind of come out and said several times, and, it, it, you know, we, per, we we come out with a with a game plan and, and we and we especially on the defensive side, we, we still, you know, do that, go, go right through with that game plan and we still – you know, we still make some mistakes and we do have a struggling offense, but we, we do have things to build on, kind of like we were talking about with South Carolina. And Dabo kind of keeping a a positive outlook on it and saying that, you know, we're very young on the offensive side and we can do nothing but build on, you know, what we've learned is good for as the, the year goes on because we still, like I said, did win. Um, it still is on the offense, obviously. Defense is historically good. We still we're the only team in the nation still that have only has not given up an offensive touchdown. Um, y'all y'all scored on Georgia. We didn't. You know that's that's impressive. But uh, I was happy to see DJ actually run pretty well. Eight for forty six is a, almost a six yard average. You know, finally used some of that big body. Yep. And, and Dabo, you know, pointed that out in his you know post game press conference and stuff. Um, I'm still very set off you know set off by like the non-use of lynn j dixon like the first game obviously like i said where he was suspended for the half and stuff but like we are really about will shipley which is great but you see the freshman mistakes 
And my biggest point mm-hmm. was like that very last play where we had the ball on like our one yard line or two yard line. And I don't know if you got to a chance to see this because you may be watching your South Carolina, but I like, didn't know it was 14 to six. And we had, we had the ball on like our one or two yard line with like, I don't remember, like eight seconds left or something like that. And all we need to do is just basically kneel the ball, but we were so close to the goal line, we needed to run a play, right? So we ran a play. Yeah, yeah. And this is what blows my mind about how we have these, you know, these really good coaches and stuff. Whose call was it to run a, a shotgun? Read, like I said, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you in shotgun formation and you do a shotgun handoff on your one or two yard line and you give it to a freshman who is not really built for that spot yet? Like, you have Lynn J. Dixon. There's just times where I just don't see why he's not used more. He only had five rushes for 11 yards. Like, it just seems like his yeah, experience. He's, and he's one of those guys that he just What's catches that? out the backfield, I feel like. I was saying yeah, he and, seems like a guy who's also like one like I don't know how much Shipley's doing that yet. Right. I mean, he Shipley had, you know, two catches for six yards. Not a lot, you know. But I just think especially as the offense is struggling this early in the season, when Dabo himself says we're young up front, uh, and just on the offense in general, like with, with little to no experience, well, why aren't you playing Lynn J. Dixon? You know, that's just the Clemson frame. Yeah, if you're young up front, give it to a, a more experienced guy and let him instead right. of just running between the tackles. But real quick, go back to your DJ thing was because yeah, we were flipping back and forth, and the whole rain delay halftime thing was very odd. But were a lot of those designed runs like a like read option keepers, or this just him scrambling? Uh, there was a couple of design runs for him, but uh, I think a good bit of those were were scrambling and stuff, which. We need yeah. to see more of because yeah, he's a I huge think you, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got he's got the ability. They just, you know, like I said, I didn't get a, I didn't get to get in a rhythm of watching the game, just flipping back and forth. And like I said, that rain delay kind of threw everything off, and they took Same. it off the main channel for the next game. But um, yeah, I, I've heard uh, a lot from Twitterverse, um, so take that as you may about you know we need a new quarterback and take DJ out and blah, blah, blah. It is, um, like you said, probably weird because you're in a spot now where you can complain about a win because of just the success you guys have had in the past few years. But also, and we've had this conversation, um, you know, off the air of like, you guys had Taj Boyd and then Deshaun Watson and then Trevor Lawrence. But now there's a couple guys mixed in between but those have been your solid, like, you know, last three starters where you guys have just rolled and rolled and rolled. And everyone's known about the defense. You guys have had a good defense for a while. Um, I think the defense was part of the talk last year. You know, you guys losing to Ohio State in the semifinals. But it is weird to even – I know you guys lost more than Trevor Lawrence, but that's what everyone sees. So it, it, it is odd to see the struggle right now of the offense when you guys were just like – especially this Georgia Tech team who's still, you know, not very far – not very many years removed from Paul Johnson, they're running the triple option. Now they've, they've had to right. revamp the you know new coaches, new system, and all these guys. I don't even know how many guys are still left from that triple option team. But if that's the if some of that those guys are still on the roster, I mean that that's a completely different roster and scheme that you're recruiting for them. So I was very surprised because this is normally a Georgia Tech team that the last couple of years you guys have handled. Now, granted, the triple option does uh, 
kind of mess with some teams. You only have a week to plan for them, if not over the summer, you guys. But even the last few years, man, Venables has been, all, you guys have been all over it and it ha- has nothing's been able to work. So it's just weird to see your offense sputtering the way it has. Um, the good mm-hmm. thing is it's still early and you still are winning. So that's always a good sign, but you're right. I mean, NC State will be tougher. Um, and you got some other tougher ones that, that are becoming up some more experienced teams. So I think you guys will be all right. They'll handle it. But I think it's, it's funny to see the Clemson fans like calling for people's jobs and calling to get the quarterback out. It's like, I don't know. You guys obviously are entitled to high expectations. You guys have earned that, but I feel like it's a little early to maybe be calling for, like, even with the whole, like, Tony Elliott thing. I'm like, ah, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. Obviously, some, some, uh, maybe some questionable calls are just weird, which well, I'll get into another offensive coordinator later on today. You might know who I want to talk about, but re- I got some good reasons why I'm glad he's not on our team. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot to go through with, with everything you just said there. Um, but, as far as the offensive coordinator, I, I don't even care who you want to throw at me about that last call, whether that was Tony Elliott or whoever it was. I feel like that's something that Dabo should himself, you know, take that call and just be all right, we're not running that play like that. But what did honest, end up happening? Was that the fumble or that just the, the goal line stop? That was the fumble that we had and it fell back luckily okay. into our own end zone end zone and we recovered it. Because if they were to cover, that would have been an instant touchdown. Their offense is back on the field going for two to tie the game. Um, but, you know, luckily I guess we recovered it, but um, it was a safety. So, But beyond that, I, I do think, you know, it is a surprise for Georgia Tech to come in, whether we have a bad offense or not, to play at Death Valley. And, you know, I got to give some credit to Georgia Tech. And and Jordan Yates, like that, that quarterback actually showed out, you know, 20 for 33, 203 yards yep. against that defense. Like, Georgia didn't throw for 200 yards against us. Like, Georgia Tech is not known for throwing the ball. Yeah, not like at you all. just said, they're about to triple option. And he, <laughs> he, he got beat up. Like, we really hit him hard several times. Like, his jersey was a different color by the end of the game. Uh, also, because it was raining. Yeah, I mean, like, he had the most carries had, on the team. Yeah, 16, for, but only for 32 yards. But, like, he was just doing what he needed to do to kind of keep the team in the game. Um, so I, I – he threw more <laughs> – dang it, I hate to say it, but he threw for more yards than DJ. So that's kind of Well, so that's sad, the weird thing but, to see, right? 18 to 25 is good. In the past, if, the, if, I, if this was last year's game, right, and I wish I could just pull one up. I wish I could call for somebody to pull up a stat for me. But if, if Trevor Lawrence went 18 to 25 last year, I guarantee you it was for 330 and four touchdowns. But this is right. 18 to 25 for 126 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So, right. like, are they, he's got a big arm. Are, are you guys not taking shots downfield? Is he being inaccurate? Like, 18 to 25, I mean, that's, I mean, hell, that that's pretty good. I mean, I think, I'll go back to, I mean, I don't think even Doty threw for that much, but he was 13 to 26. But, I mean, it's right. just it's more accurate than he's been. Seeing that stat line weeks. is like, but it's all short stuff, right? If you're completing 18 right. passes, you got 100 yards. I mean, that's not Clemson football. Not not that right. we know it. Right, which is why, like you said on you saw on Twitter, where there are Clemson fans calling for a change at the quarterback position and also a change for the whoever calls the plays, Tony Elliott and stuff like that. Because there, it's like we're carrying some of the offense that really worked back in the Sean Watson era, like 2016-ish, 
and trying to bring those quick short screens over to this offense where we don't have the same kind of style of quarterback. And also, like, we had a lot more slot receivers, uh, like uh, Hunter Renfro and Amari Rogers over the past several years, 30 years, because Hunter Renfro played at Clemson for 30 years, uh, yeah, exactly. that we had that fit that kind of style of offense perfectly. And we have short, uh, we have fast guys, fast receivers and stuff, but they, they aren't built for this kind of style of offense. In fact, we have Justin Ross, Justin Nagata, bigger receivers that, and, and Brandon Galloway, I don't want to get away from using a tight end. We've been good at using tight ends throughout the years. Like, use those big targets and oh, go yeah. down the field with it. So we're just not really doing that on offense. But, you know, as much as I am upset like a lot of Clemson fans are at the offense, I got to still – like that defense is historically good, even though we still gave up 200 yards through the air. But this game is kind of honestly like it's hard to judge South Carolina truly – uh, by playing Georgia at Georgia, because that's such a really good team. This this game was a little odd because of there was an hour and fifty four minute break right before halftime. There's thirty seconds left in the second quarter, and there was that huge break, and then they had to come back out and play the thirty seconds and have halftime. Like it was hard to get any kind of rhythm going on offense or really anywhere. So it's kind of hard to fully judge this game. Um, I will bring the raging Clemson fans down a notch on that, but you know. We will have, like you said, a, a tough, a tough uh, at NC State next week. NC State's been good. Um, they've they're two and one, and and they've shut out two people. I think the first game they shut out, I forgot who it was, and then last week they, I don't know if they shut them out, but it was like forty five nothing at one point, I believe. Um, so NC State should have a pretty good, pretty good team for us to go up against. So it'll be exciting. The one thing but, I am I I agree. I'm happy that. When when you when you guys came out and played that like last thirty seconds that they didn't just go into another twenty minute halftime I think they just kept playing because um, I was like man that's gonna be pretty annoying if that was the case or at least somebody had some common sense out there uh, when it when it comes mm-hmm. to those that regard um, yeah NC State beat Furman forty five to seven this week um, thank you you beat me too. I mean not surprising right yeah I mean dominated and pretty much all facets of that. Um, yeah, so it should be. Uh, I'm just NC looking at these, some of these. A, should be a tough one. Yeah, NC State, man, they've they've had some playmakers over the years. You know, Jalen Samuels has been there, and they've had some some guys. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Who did they play week one? I'm looking now. Oh, so yep, yeah, they blanked South Florida four to five zero. They lost to Mississippi State last week. Mike Leach. He's always good for one of those games. Handled for my hey, you know, yeah, that's true. That's always a tough one. So yeah, NC State will be tough, man. I'll, I'll be interested to see on what the line is, especially since the AP dropped you guys down a few notches. Yeah. Oh, here it is. It's ten nine, points which is right deserved. now. You guys are ten point favorites. Ten point favorites. Okay. I, I think that's not a bad line. Like you guys should win, but I think people have seen like, okay, well. They struggled a little bit. I think you guys will still handle business. You know, if you guys come out and drop and drop forty on this team, you know the conversations are going to let up. As as far as Tony Elliott and all that, I think it's early, but there's something to be said for a new quarterback. That's look, even if he doesn't have the grid of a year, he, I think we've got so used to these, these five star guys coming in and playing as freshmen, especially at Clemson with Deshaun and Trevor. That like, 
And then you got, you know, Kyler. Well, Kyler moved around a couple of places, but like Spencer Radler came in, sat for one, but came in. But like all these guys, are, they're so ready to come in and play that if a guy struggles right away, you're quick to sit him. Like DJ might, you know, be a very good NFL draft prospect. He might just be a little slower developing. But in this day and age where we want everything, we want it fast. And right. now you guys' expectations, national championships, I get I get where it's coming from. But I say slow down, Clemson fans. You guys will be all right. Still two and one. A very good shot at the playoffs still. I did see a funny meme or a video. Did you see the video of Dabo running down the hill, running on the field? I did not. He ran like a 4240 as soon as he got on the field and took off. But anyway, so I made a, a little <laughs> funny uh, edit of him running, and it was him running towards the uh, college football committee to ask for a 12 team playoff. But I don't think you guys will need that if you uh-huh. went out. It was very well made. It was well made. It was funny. I'll have to find it. The shots. Whoever the made shots. that, shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out. That's pretty good. But nah, I agree with everything you said. Still early. And we got a tough opponent next week. So it'll be interesting to see. But how about these rest of these games? That uh, Florida-Bama game, what's your takeaways on that? Dude, that was weird to me just for the the fact that, like, it, Bama jumped on them so early that I really wasn't paying attention that much. Now, granted, I was, like I said, I was watching the game with some Clemson fans, so that was, like, obviously the game we were watching, flipping back and forth. And... Bama was handling it easy, and then I don't know if they just let off the gas or or what, but I'm sure I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm sure Nick Saban had something to say in the press conference about his team. If if he was talking you know, shit to him about the the first game in Miami, about how his team sucks and all that, um, paraphrasing, I'm sure he was a little frustrated with this week's performance with letting them come back and potentially getting a chance to go tie the game with that two-point conversion. So, But you know what? Florida's got some players um, to come out and do that, that Florida-Georgia game is going to be crazy. It's going to be a big one. I mean, it's going to be for the East. Um, I think Georgia still should should win, but I think that, again, like we said, man, especially from a coach, like there are no moral victories. But as a fan, I think, like you mentioned earlier, I think you can kind of take some stuff away. That If you're a Florida fan, like, all right, well, we played the number one team in the country very well, had a chance to come out and win. It's all you can ask for. So why can't we be, run the table and beat everybody else? Why can't we do that? Why can't we go to the SEC, SEC championship game and play these guys again and, and get a shot? Because SEC is probably going to get uh, maybe maybe two people in, especially when it moves to 12 teams. They're going to get two, maybe three, and you got Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Well, Texas is another conversation, but <laughs> I don't know. It'll be – that game did surprise me the way they came back. Definitely some exciting because there wasn't a lot of close games, I feel like, you know? I mean, the Auburn-Pitt State one went down to the wire, too, but I feel like this week wasn't as, like, crazy on my seat type thing. But what about you? Did you get to watch in a little bit of it? Or I know, the, like I said, the Clemson game was at 3.30, so. Uh, no, I didn't get to watch a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I was kind of like you in the same boat as you were. Like, Florida kind of snuck back all of a sudden. Like, I had a, a friend Snapchat me. and was like, bro, this game, I'm like, what you talking about? Because <laughs> Bama was up a good bit, and I kind of like was focused on trying to flip back and forth between Carolina and everything else. So um, it was a little hard to, to keep up with. But I just my question is: Is Bryce Young ever going to throw a pick? I mean, the dude 
playing a full game at the Swamp, first time. He, like, he's a five-star recruit, of course, but, like, going to the Swamp is never an easy task. And to go there and have, like, a 90 QBR, like, can't ask much more than that. Yeah, compared to the the 45-ish QBR both of our quarterbacks had, he's going to he's gonna struggle at some point. And I don't mean, like, he's going to have a day with four picks, but he's going to face some adversity. And not like he hasn't, but from an outside looking in, like, everyone's like, oh, this, this is easy. But Bryce is very talented, like we said last week, so twitchy in the pocket. Uh, probably can run better than a lot of people think, but he he's like, I'm I'm throw first guy. So, which is more dangerous, I feel like, especially for Bama to have. Like, you guys already got the defense and the running backs. Like, come on, can we can we go back to, like, you guys having A.J. McCarron and Greg McElroy? National championship guys, but for the rest of the country, like, right. a little less intimidating. Right. No, I agree. It's not going to scare you as much. But, uh, yeah, and, and with honestly, with him not running uh, nearly as much as we probably think he should, like, that, that's less of a chance for him to get hurt. So, you know, you never hope yeah. for a guy to get hurt, but like that just gives you. Sometimes that's like when you have an unstoppable team like in, like Alabama is this year and been for several years. Like that's one thing you can kind of not hope on, but you can kind of be like, okay, maybe he'll just do something where he gets, you know, a little tweaked or something. And uh, I, you're not going to see that with Bryce because he doesn't run, and when he's in the pocket, he's like Lamar Jackson slippery. Like you can't touch him, which is just weird out of a freshman like this. So I think he's just the highlight of that game, honestly. But I have to give props to Emory Jones. Like, he ran the ball 19 times. He gave it his all and everything. But I will say that last play, you you do have to at least get the ball out, like throw a pick, do something, and you can't take a sack like that. But, you know, that's big, big game for big first game for him, too. So, yeah, I agree, man. That's. That's one of those things where it's like, like I said, a mistake, learning curves. But um, speaking of, this is a little off topic, but we were talking about Bryce and Bryce Young and the, I saw, I saw a list. I'm not sure who put it out on Twitter, but as a top five Heisman like contenders right now, number one was Bryce uh, Young. And then number five was Tua Tungvaloa's brother. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Talia. I I don't know. I don't want to mess it up, but he's 80 for 106. 75% 75% completion percentage, 956 yards, and seven touchdowns. This is in three games. And no so picks, yeah. Almost 1,000 yards in three games, seven touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that's impressive. I, Maryland's not getting talked about a lot, but he's he's playing in the Big Ten. He's playing some good competition. So just somebody to keep your eye on when it comes to the, the Heisman thing, man. He's obviously like – I feel like he got a little bit more attention when he was first getting recruited because his brother's at Alabama and he went there, but – since he transferred out, you don't hear a lot about him. But just just somebody keep an eye on right. No, for sure. For sure. That's a big name and he's been playing a big game so far. So Oh, so but how about uh I, yeah, go ahead. What you got? What you got next? Well, my next game was the surprise of Oklahoma. They're the third ranked team in the country. You know, you got Bama, Georgia, then then Oklahoma. Um, so I feel like that's the next, you know, place to go. It wasn't a big game against you know a big opponent like Nebraska. Just just haven't been Nebraska of the old of the old days. So it wasn't a big game, but they're they're squeaking out like they did against Tulane. They're just kind of squeaking by. Um, Spencer Rattler is uh, talk, speaking of Heisman. 
you know, he, he still threw for 214 yards and stuff um, and ran for a touchdown, but he's, he's not really putting up Heisman numbers as, as of yet. Um, but I think this says more about like, I want to say like Oklahoma as a team just isn't as good this year, especially, you know, that we, they've been super dominant, like scoring 40, 50 points. And then they still may give up 20 points, but it was never a close game, you know, and they've already had two kind of close games against opponents. You really wouldn't think they would. So I was just kind of curious of your take on Oklahoma so far. Yeah. And I think it was, again, conversation that can't be verified other than you, but before we started this was you were asking about Spencer Rather, and I think I was very adamant saying he wasn't going to win the Heisman. Um, not not a knock don't on mind. him. I just don't think he's he's just he's very talented, arm talent. When he's back there moving around, he's very like Kyler Murray esque. Like I'm like these Oklahoma guys just play quarterback the same way, like the way they move around. Um, I, and I'm with you now. They did drop 76 last weekend against West Carolina, and I'm almost wondering if like. Are, are they bored? Like somebody mentioned in the broadcast yesterday, they were that like, is Lincoln Riley and them, are they like scoring too fast? Can they slow things down? Can they run the ball? And they were trying to do that. But to me, like, I, I don't think you can be at that point yet. Like, yeah, you dropped 76 on West Carolina, but then you got to show up for the big game. So I don't know what it is, man. I, I was kind of surprised they pulled out that, that win because just because now it's at home thing, but they got a tough tough road coming up you got west virginia coming into town um who who just came off a big win kansas state who's ranked then you got texas that's a rivalry game work through some of the other stuff but then you got baylor iowa state and oklahoma state at the end of the year so i don't know man I, like i said i didn't really have a reason why i wasn't gonna win the highs i'm just like a gut feeling as i just don't think he's gonna be consistent enough to do it i mean he now he threw five touchdowns against Western Carolina, but for like 250 yards, you got to have big moments against big time opponents. And we haven't seen that yet. And and maybe it is just the defense, but for them to score 23 points is not Oklahoma like, um, right. and this is a Nebraska team that lost to Illinois. Granted it was week one, a lot of parody right now in the big 12, but I don't know if they better figure it out playing with the big boys in a few years. Yeah, <laughs> SEC fan here. Um, but yeah, they, the first three games they've had have been at home as well. So I want to see them tested. Uh, they got West Virginia at home again, but uh, at Kansas State, always giving them trouble. Um, so, you know, they don't have another opponent on the schedule that really stands out that, that looks like a not a SEC team, you know, but like a top 10 team. Maybe Iowa State will be that by the time they get there. But that's like the only game that really scares you. Um, but they still get Iowa State at home. So they'll be there at the end of the season. But I just need to see more from Spencer Rattler. And I think just more as a, as a team, you know. So. But real quick, we touched on earlier. Probably the play of the year already, the interception, which – Yes. It was very Odell Beckham-esque if, if you guys didn't get to see that one top 10 play for sure. Like I said, it's gonna, that's going to be tough to top for the, the rest of the year. Yeah, and if you look back at it, like he never grabbed the ball with two hands. 
like down when he went no. up there and the way he fell down and the way he like twisted over he still uh, like and he threw it back on the ground with one hand too like he never even tried to get catch it with two hands like i've got this ball the moment it, it like stuck to his glove it's just insane yeah i think the catch. most impressive part about that obviously the stretching out is just pure athleticism but for him like you said to tuck that in and, and roll to make sure there was i mean there was no even conversation about it hitting the ground he just right. he cradled it so well and got possession of it i, I don't know who that guy is but i early hey he's got something sticky on him we haven't had a lot That's of spider it. tech talk so it's nice to bring this back into the fold let's let's get back on the spider tech <laughs> pitchers be be wary out there yep yep but um I another one laugh. actually which was oh yeah go oh ahead. go ahead i'm sorry no, no, no well, you're good. I'm allowed to move on, so keep keep going. No, I'm moving on too. Um, I was going for the Miami. Like I just, as an ACC fan, I I kind of laughed at Miami. We needed them to be good, but to lose them to, to Sparty like that, that's kind of yeah. I I don't know. Just there's just, just a lot going on there with Miami, and even Miami fans don't even think that their coaching staff wants to win. Um, and Derek King is. Still talented, but he just has nothing much around him besides Charleston Rambo. And it just it's not gonna be a pretty season for the Miami Hurricanes. No, man, and I, I don't like mean to sound like I know everything, because I certainly don't. I'm not the guy that knows half as much as any of these people out here. But like, why are they getting ranked so high when the season starts? It's obvious they're not very good. Like, it's gonna take more than Derek King to turn this program around. They haven't been to Miami since I don't know, 2002, like, come on, guys. Like, at least Notre Dame is, like, winning some games, and even USC that they rank, that we've had this conversation about them ranking these high traditional powerhouses who have had good recruits. But, like, what has Miami done besides grab a turnover chain way too early down 27-0 versus Alabama? They're an embarrassment to the ACC. Again, wasn't it a play? Was that their playing game, right? Was that, that was the last week? They ended up Uh, pulling that one out, though, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. They're one and two. They beat Appalachian State by two points last week. Yeah, that was the play-in game for the ACC. So shout out to them for winning that game because we haven't talked about that. But and again, two points, a two-point win. They're playing Central Connecticut next week. I didn't even know they had a football team, so they'll probably win that one. And then they'll lose to Virginia. They'll lose to North Carolina. They'll lose to NC State. They'll probably lose to Pittsburgh. Georgia Tech's probably going to beat them. They'll beat Florida State, the loser Vatek, and we'll see about Duke. So they're going to win maybe three games this year. Sorry, Miami fans. Yeah. Maybe three games. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and put oh, three what was games. The game? Just. <laughs> yeah. Uh Oh, uh, so Ohio State again. Don't look at the final score. Don't worry about that. Before that, right. very close game to the end. They end up pulling away. I, this is like the same like Oklahoma talk, right? Very talented team. I think they're more talented than Oklahoma, but they ain't looking like a playoff team right now. And you know what? I don't know who is the top four. Right now, Oregon's still in there. And then Alabama-Georgia seem like a lock. and and But three, four is going to be very interesting, which, you know what? Maybe it's good for college football because it's been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State the last few years. So I don't know. Again, it's early. Maybe they'll pull it together. I just... I mean, no reason to panic. You're still winning a game by by right. a large and margin, but it's taken a while for them to get rolling. Right, and that's that's kind of expected with a new 
quarterback like they have. But um, Ohio State, and it's kind of early to start this talk, you know, but when it comes to the playoff, they have it at the very end of the season. They had their road right in front of them. They went, they went out. I definitely think they're going to be be in there in the playoffs Absolutely. because they still have to play Penn State, which just came off a big win. They're ranked in the top five. Oh, yeah. They're six right now. I forgot what they are. Um, and then they still got to play Michigan State, who's now ranked in at their 20th, I believe. And Michigan is yeah, still Penn sitting State, there. Six. Okay. And then, yeah, Michigan is still there at the very end of the season. You know, they've been looking pretty good. They're 3-0. and So... They, they, if they beat all these teams and then they probably still probably get in, so it's still there for them. But you're right; they've they've been struggling to start the season. So I don't know if it's a lot of these teams are struggling this early in the season because of coming off of a COVID season. You know, kind of being odd and not really having if there's any kind of rhythm from season to season kind of thing that was obviously disrupted because nobody really had a normal season last year. Uh, but but yeah, they'll they'll probably get it together, and I and I hate Ohio State, so I hate saying that. No, I agree. I just and I just lost my train of thought completely. But they do have a new quarterback, so that definitely plays a part in it. And he and he's young. Um, but it, you know what? He might want to pull it together because Quinn Ayers, the kid that just enrolled early from um, South Lake Carroll in Texas, is already making more money than probably that entire team combined. Not including the coaches, yeah. With some with his like autograph deal and name, image, likeness, he's he's gonna be ready to to play as soon as possible. So CJ Stroud um, might want to get it together and fairly quickly. Yep. Um, back to the the rankings real quick. Yeah. So Penn State being oh that's what I was gonna say it was Michigan. Michigan has looked very well actually. Uh, has looked very good as far as like. They're beating the teams they should beat, and no one's really talking about them right now, which is probably good for them because I feel like Michigan doesn't get talked about unless they're struggling, which I think just because yeah. of the high expectations they've had for Harbaugh and all these guys. Um, so this year will be interesting if they can keep it up. I mean, it's always better when Michigan is is good because that Michigan-Ohio State game means so much at the end of the year. Right, so Ohio State won't have to just roll through and get an easy Big Ten kind of win like they have been. So, which speaking of the Big Ten, a very big win this weekend, surprising win actually. Um, it just in the fact that like I thought Georgia's D line, I'm sorry, Auburn's D line would pose some issues. I've watched Penn State play; they've haven't been maybe full going offense, like gotten into a rhythm of the, the games that I've watched. But I thought they played very well. They played discipline. There was that one weird, like, somehow everyone in the stadium thought it was third down. Like, the refs and the scoreboard yeah. keepers and all that stuff, and they had to punt. But each ref has, like, a th- a thing where they put what down it is. So, I don't know if they all had it wrong. They didn't communicate. Very weird. They had a terrible, terrible uh, intentional grounding call. I don't know what these refs are doing where a receiver broke off his route. And the guy overthrew him because he thought it was go and his option round. He came back. They called intentional grounding. Just, just a bad calls. But right. the end of that game was very exciting. I, I have some stuff I want to talk about at the end of the game. But how much did you get to watch? And what's kind of your thoughts on Penn State? And should Auburn fans be be worried about this? Yeah, I was in and out of watching that game through the first three quarters or whatever. 
Um, and I wish I'd have stayed up for the rest of the game, but because that was a, a good game. But I, I think this was like the battle of like both of these quarterbacks have proven in, in some games, prove themselves, and then turn around and disproven themselves. And uh, it was a battle of which quarterback could finally prove themselves like, in a big game. And um, I think both quarterbacks played pretty well. But it, what my first takeaway is just how great is the Penn State crowd when there's a wideout. Like, that's just – and everybody says this now, but I'll never take for granted a really good college football game again. Like, <laughs> right. having a crowd like that with, you know, back and everything, it's just absolutely amazing. But um, Bo Nix, like <sighs> – it's just hard to tell if he's, and we've been saying this for a while, it's just hard to tell if he's really still, uh, like, if he's a, a good quarterback. Like, he has flashes and stuff, but, you know, only 185 yards. Granted, Penn State, tough place to play and stuff. But um, Tank Bibsby is uh, for real, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, him and the, and the second string back, man, we're getting after it. I think they got to hand him the ball a little bit more, maybe just early on to get Bo Nix comfortable. But you're right, man. That's that's just one of those environments where not being a Penn State fan, I feel like it's just like a bucket list thing you got to do. Um, yep. It's just such a cool environment, man. It, it's tough. That's why I'm I'm excited for for Penn State in the end of the year and and some of these home games coming down to the Big Ten, man. That that's always an exciting place to play. The the thing that I was uh, was frustrating to watch, not as an Auburn fan, but just like putting myself in their shoes, but also kind of happy about the same time, which sounds bad, is that. I don't know if you got to see the the rest of the game. I pretty much watched probably the entire fourth quarter. But Auburn had a chance to go down there and score a touchdown. And they had a fourth and goal. And to me, Bo Nix can he's got legs, he's mobile. You have tanks right. you have Tank Bigsby, who's a big guy. His name is Tank. I mean, you you got guys that can make plays that just speaks for itself. But to me, Look, in a fourth a fourth and goal where you you have to score a touchdown and you got to go for two, like give yourself options, right? Like maybe run a one of those read pass options we see it all the time, right? It's a read option, you got a guy running a slant, maybe a little bubble, you got some options. Or what you see too is you roll a guy out to the right, try to get some crossing routes, maybe some rub routes, get somebody off a defender and throw one like right at that front pylon or or maybe even the quarterback run it in, right? Op, you got to have option plays. That that's my big thing, right? But instead, Mike Bobo, who we all know, <laughs> unfortunately, decides to, one, not only throw it at Penn State's best defender, the best cover corner, maybe the best cover corner of the Big Ten. It's going to be an NFL draft pick. We're just going to throw a fade route. We're just going to throw a 50-50 ball, a fade route at their best player to win or lose a game. Like, that receiver's not 6'5". It's not Julio Jones, right? It's not that guy out there. So why am I just going to throw the, like, oh, here we go. Let's just throw the game. I'm glad he's not my offensive coordinator anymore. I kind of laughed and was mad. Like, come on, bro. Like, let Bo Nix make a play. But let's just lob it up. And they both fell down. It's it's a good non-call. But come on. Give yourself a chance to win, Bo. But what are you doing? Like, ah, I just throw the ball in the air. Hope we catch it. If you got Julio Jones, I won't complain. Best player, jump ball, go get it. But you got their best cover corner, their best defensive player, yeah, yeah. Let's right. do that. See how that worked out. So I think they deserved to lose the game at the end because that was terrible play calling. People talking about Tony Elliott getting fired. Let's look at Mike <laughs> Bobo. 
Yes, thank you for that. That makes me feel better. Because we both don't like Bobo. <laughs> no, he's a traitor. Get out of here. We don't want you. We don't want you. I don't need you. I don't need Gunnar Stockton. Yeah, I need to get already said you're going to that. topic before I get way too heated. Oh, I will be there. You're going to hear me. Section 505. Actually, I might have to go to the other side. No, I think 505 is the away side. 505 should be the away side. Bobo's going to hear me. For sure. That's my take. That's how I feel. Oh, yeah. But overall, it's just another good football weekend. So, you want to switch a little bit over to some NFL talk? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Again, not a good weekend for me. Get started early, 1 o'clock. I'm excited. The Saints just came off a huge win over the Packers. And we just lay an egg against the Panthers. Now, granted, the first, like, quarter we had the ball for three minutes like 45 seconds so we don't have the ball i get it second quarter we don't really have the ball and we just never do anything with it i thought Jameis made some good plays and the fact that he he moves up the up the pocket very well like he doesn't just keep going back he's moved up the pocket our offensive line struggled we had eight coaches out i don't know if that makes a difference on the field i'm sure it does but not enough to just lay an egg like that but he made some good plays where he's moving up in the pocket and looking downfield then he made a couple of questionable decisions where he moved up, was getting hit, decided just to throw the ball in the middle of the field for an interception. So I never thought I would say this, but I think we'll be all right with him. Just he's trying to make plays. I like get it. And we were down. Like he had to maybe take a shot, but you just don't want to see it, man. Um, O-line, though, like I told my dad watching the game, I was like, as a Carolina fan, as a Saints fan, I'm like, Am I really watching another game with a bad O-line? Like, this is very frustrating from a fan's point of view. Like, very frustrating. They And, and the refs, again, bad call. They they called a, a roughing the passer. We tackled, uh, we sacked Sam Darnold. We grabbed him by his knees. And they called pass interference, or a roughing the passer. So, again, the NFL, I don't know what your point of emphasis is, but get it together. Let's play football. This isn't ballet dancing, okay? Maybe I'm frustrated it's a bad weekend, but let's get it together. No, I agree. It's, it's that and like targeting in college it it there's a lot of it and it and it's kind of a frustrating because it's like can't it's hard for the defenders to actually defend anything or you know it's hard for a quarterback just to throw the ball away like sometimes because they're just want to they just want to throw the flag like immediately if they can but uh my takeaway for the saints is like do you think y'all really miss michael thomas like i really it kind of showed today like which is one good week, one bad week. So you're, you know, meet somewhere in the middle next week. I guess you'll be all right. But um, it really showed that I think he missed somebody like Michael Thomas this past weekend. Yeah, you you definitely. I mean, and it's obvious from the physical attributes, right? Like he's big, he's tall, he runs good routes. But just that veteran presence of knowing the system and and he can go to Jameis and and be like, hey man, this is like what I'm seeing. This is what we need to do. Jameis has seen that success, not only just before he got there, but he sitting there and watching Breeze and Thomas go, like that's somebody you can trust and you and you can learn from. We got I mean, we've had guys that have been there, right? Like Callaway's been there, uh Deontay Harris has been there, Lil Jordan Humphrey's been there, but these aren't like established like all pro guys. Not that Jameis doesn't trust him or wouldn't listen to him, but Michael Thomas is a perennial all-pro, um, and we've just seen what he can do when he's healthy, man. He's one of the best in the league. Just however he does it, he gets open, 
He's not. He might not be the strongest or the fastest, but he he just knows how to run those routes and knows how to get open. I think he only would help Jameis just be more comfortable. Now, obviously, I, I'm not happy he's not there. There's a bunch of drama with that, but at least maybe him mm-hmm. not starting out gives Jameis some confidence in the other guys where he's not just like I ha- I can only throw to Michael Thomas. I can only throw to Michael Thomas because that's something Drew Brees was so good at was throwing to so many different receivers. Kind of how Brady does. Brady mixes it up so well. He did uh, dump a lot off to Kamara, which is fine. It's a good safety point. Good for my fantasy team to dump it off to Kamara, but that that's only going to last so long. I mean, you. I mean, he was eleven to twenty-two for one hundred eleven yards and two picks. Not good. He also took four sacks, but he threw for under two hundred last week. But he also threw for five touchdowns. So, watching it, it's there. I'm not. I'm not like worried. I'm not very much concerned. Just this just surprised me because of the way last week came, and I know the Panthers are good. Donald showed tremendous accuracy today but i just was very surprised at how the game went so i don't know just if the coaches not being there made a big difference or just it was like a weird week i just the energy level wasn't there i don't know man it was kind of kind of odd um but we got to get together we have the patriots next week so yes we'll see. i agree and we got some some tough opponents some tough d lines coming up yeah like your defense still played Pretty good, you know, to hold McCaffrey to 72 yards is always a win. Um, but, you know, only... Yeah, the defense only, played like good. So, we, the offense just put him in some close red zone spots. So, I mean, it might not have been 26 if we make him go down the field. Right, right. But if, like, it's a Clemson thing, you have no offense. <laughs> it always comes full circle. Which makes no sense, right? But, like, right, right. But I think the Vikings Cardinals game was probably the most exciting game. They won thirty four to the Cardinals won thirty four to thirty three. Like that was a that was really a thriller. Kyler Murray threw four hundred yards, three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins threw for three touchdowns. Like that was just star power everywhere. That was a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at everyone's record, but the Vikings might be the best zero and two team in the NFL. You know, they lost <laughs> yeah. an OT last week to Cincinnati, and then you lose a one-point game to the Cardinals, and then you get the Seahawks next week, and then you get the Browns. So, like, they're the, there's those first four games, man, are tough. So, I like um, – man, I almost, actually, I have to take back what I was about to say. I was about to say I like the Vikings. I don't like the Vikings because the Minneapolis Miracle still haunts me to this day. But I like Justin Jefferson. Um I like Thielen. I like Kirk Cousins. I just don't like the Vikings as a whole because of that one play, really. I didn't have... Actually, and, and I think yeah. the year before. Anyway, again, let, let me get off my personal soapbox. But yeah, dude, that, that was a heck of a game. And then you got the Titans and Seahawks in OT right now. Um, the Bears and the Bengals are trying to make a comeback. Three-point game. There's a lot of good games today, man. Actually, this one tonight, though, I am pumped about. Uh, really? Why are you so pumped? Chiefs and Ravens. I mean, to me, this feels like a playoff game. I know it's early. It's only the second week, but the Ravens coming off like a very, very odd Monday night game. Like Lamar Jackson was like shaking hands like this game's over. And then Lamar's about to go down and win the game. Strip sacked by Carl Nassib. And now it's flipped the other way. Just like a weird turn of events. Very odd game. But hey, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. I, I didn't get to watch them. I didn't get to watch the Chiefs last week a lot. Um, they were down early to the Browns and came back and won. Um, they're 
shooting for 17 and 0. So I'm just excited. This feels like a playoff matchup. Yeah, it, it kind of does. With when you have this star power quarterback on both sides, it it really does. But uh, you know, I don't really know if it's a fair fight because Baltimore has got so many people hurt. You know, it, they haven't really had any kind of time to establish a running back. They've got Le'Veon Bell. I don't even know if he's on the roster to play or if he's still in the practice squad. But like, it's no, that, that was a terrible play. fantasy pickup by me. Terrible. I was just like, a, <laughs> I pulled the string too early on that. Day. I don't know why. I just saw the name. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got good running backs. Tyson Williams is really in that first week really showed that he he can take that that run. But uh, when you also have you know the old Saints backup Latavius, is it Latavius Murray? Yep, they signed Latavius. Yeah. Yep, like they've got good running backs, and you know how much the Ravens love to run the ball. The key to this game is going to be you know the Ravens keeping the Chiefs' offense off the field. But easier, much easier said than done. Because um, the Chiefs' offense, even if they get, they're just like Brady. If they give give them a minute, they could score a touchdown. You know, so it's going to be certainly an interesting game being at Baltimore. Chiefs are favored. Yeah, it's going to be a, a rowdy. Yeah, it's going to be rowdy for sure. Rowdy crowd. Hey, so answer me this. Um, I'm the big proponent of. I think most people might be, but. Run the ball, establish the run, opens up play action, right? And then you're just bringing guys in the box, less two high safeties, more guys coming down, more one-on-one matchups, right? Do the Chiefs have to do that, or can they just throw the ball whenever they want? Like, does it matter if they run the ball? Like, and maybe, maybe no. you can go specific to this game or in general, but can they just do whatever they want at this point? Like, does it matter if they establish the run, or or does it? It doesn't matter. It it really doesn't matter because. I mean, if you want to bring a fantasy aspect into it, you know, people thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to be uh, a top running back pick, you know, for for last yeah. year and yeah, for I this year. Him he's going to produce. Yeah. Right, you thought he was going to produce, but it's kind of hard to whenever you have so many weapons and, and the Chiefs don't really, you know, go after the run. They, they'll just throw screens left or right, you know, and – when you have like Travis Kelsey and you have a Tyree Kill and then you have like four other track stars in the back, you know, that you can just pull out whenever you need to, like it's kinda hard to establish the run. So no, I, I don't really think they need to establish the run. Um which is one of the few teams that, you know, when you think NFL football, you, that's what you think of first. It's like establish the run and then do some play action pass, stuff like that. That's like the backbone of the NFL. But the Chiefs have really come in recently and with a talent like Mahomes and and turn that on its head and just done it the other way. So, Yeah, and you know, the NFL you talk about, it's not always about the big arm. You know, it, it's obviously like eye-popping and all that, but Peyton Manning didn't have the biggest arm, and Brady doesn't even have the biggest arm, and right. Eli didn't have the biggest arm, and all these guys that are championship quarterbacks don't have very big arms. But not only does Patrick Mahomes have the biggest arm in the NFL – you also have the fastest guy in the NFL on your team. Like, how often does that yeah. combination just come into play where you can let Tyree Kill run for three miles, no one's going to keep up with him, and then Mahomes can actually get it there. So that's why I think <laughs> he like just the sit back there and do like, what he wants. It. Tyreek's down there somewhere. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think he kind of answered it like, I don't think he wanted to just say like, yeah, just because Mahomes is, is a pretty humble guy. But in a roundabout way, he was like, yeah, I mean that's kind of how it goes. Like, and which is which is crazy because like Tyreek's not like he's not a Julio or an AJ Green where he's gonna go up and manipulate his body midair and go grab the ball like over these guys. But man, to have the fastest guy in the league 
and the guy with the biggest arm is I mean it's obviously we've seen we've seen what he can do. So I'm I'm excited this year again to see see how they play out this regular season and wanting to go 17 and 0 like how the Warriors did the 7-3 and 9 but it's like it doesn't matter unless you go win the Super Bowl. So but I think they got a chip on their shoulder from getting spanked last year in the Super Bowl. So I'm excited to actually like when I'm going to watch it like I just feel like I haven't watched a Chiefs game like all probably since the Super Well, obviously there's only been one game. I just so I didn't get to watch last week's. So it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm excited to sit down tonight and watch that game and see how Mahomes does and see how Lamar bounces back from the NFL figuring him out apparently, which they haven't done and probably won't do. Yeah, they won't. There's no figuring him out when you can just juke seven people out and you know run 15 yards whenever you want to. Um, yeah, exactly. To build on your point, I could easily see the Ravens running the for 240 yards tonight, and then the Chiefs running for 70, and the Chiefs still winning by two touchdowns. So, yeah, which it's is going to be a fun abs- game. Which is insane, dude. Is it? Is yeah. absolutely insane. It's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. Night game. That's another like cool place I'd like to go. Baltimore at night. I wonder if it might be wearing black jerseys. Might be blacking out versus the the Chiefs and Mahomes. But yeah, man, they got a lot of weapons. They're tough to bet against. Three and a half is probably Vegas is normally right when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'd say because it is getting close to game time for that game, I say we talk about the Braves. Uh, they did win tonight um, against the Giants, uh, which is a good thing, obviously, because the Giants are they're fighting to get to 100 wins, and they're right there at it. And with October coming right around the corner, these every single win, especially for for the Braves, really really matter because um, we only have a, a one. We had a one game lead before tonight, and now what do we have? A, is it a two game lead now? So one and it's a, half. a game and a half right now, and the Phillies are currently up on the Mets one zero. So, I mean, it might be might be down to a half game tonight. We're four and six in the last ten. The Phillies are five and five. It's gonna be tough, man. It's going to be, whew, I don't think I've been this excited about the end of the year baseball in a while. Excited slash nervous. Yeah, and normally these kind of things work themselves out where a team with a run differential like the Braves do at this time of plus 98, they normally kind of prevail. Things kind of go on the straight and narrow when it comes to that because nobody in the division has a, you know, a positive run differential. The closest is the Phillies but they're negative nine. So with that big of a difference, you would think the Braves would still be able to pull it out, but it is coming down to clutch time. So it'll be interesting. Every game well, matters. This is why the, that last series against the Phillies is going to be so important. I mean, that's obvious to say, but the reason I, I say that is because the Phillies have, this is their last game with the Mets tonight, right? Then they got a three game series with the Orioles, one of the worst teams in baseball. Then they have a four game series with the Pirates, one of the worst teams in baseball. Then they play the Braves, and then they finish with the Marlins. So they got like three of the easiest opponents to to end the year. And then we're sitting here with the Diamondbacks. I mean, that's four games versus the Diamondbacks. So we we need to sweep that because then we got the Padres and then the Phils, and then we ended with the Mets. So again, we got lucky with the Diamondbacks, but the Padres are going to be tough. We got a three games here. Did them, you see? And then we got the Phillies. Uh, Machado. Did you see Machado and Tatis get into it in the dugout the other day? So I did, but I didn't get to see like 
what started it? Like what provoked them doing that? Was it one of those like good things where it's like, all right, we're heated or is it like a toxic type? I was, I was asking you, I saw the video too and they really were like bickering back and forth and they kind of had to be separated and stuff. And I don't know if that's a a good thing or not because the Padres, they could be kind of, if it's, you know, if they can't get the wild card because the, the Dodgers and the Giants are just above them, I don't know if they can get the wild card or not. Um, they could just be frustrated with that, and we don't know what Padres we may get as the Braves. You know, whenever we play them, coming up here shortly, like we could get a a team that's just you know we know we can't make the playoffs because of that, so we can we're just ready to go home, or if they're just pissed off trying to you know make a statement at the end of the season. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I, hope, I certainly hope that's not the case. That that might be one of the things where they. It's in the moment. It's heated. They're trying to win, like you said, and then they'll probably brush it off and and, and be fine the next day. Because right now, you're right. You either got the Dodgers or Giants will be the wild card spot, and then you got the Cardinals who have a three-game lead over the Phils, the Reds, and the Padres are all right there. So, which, I mean, that's a one-game series with the Dodgers or Giants. That's going to be tough. But, yeah, I mean, they all have a shot, and I think right now, man, it's – you know, baseball's so long and there's so many games and it comes down so quick at the end. Like these are like those like there's gonna be some big moments. You know, you don't hear a lot about the MLB right now and I haven't watched a lot. We're so ready for football to be back and and so grateful to have fans and right. stuff. But there's gonna be some big baseball moments here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited. I got I got to tune back in because I feel like I've been distant ever since, you know, we had college football, fantasy draft and the NFL. We've been kind of just focused on football. Same. Yeah. A lot of good sports. That means a lot of good podcasts coming up. We got, yeah, we got, we got a lot coming up. Um, I unfortunately will not be here next week. I'll be out of town for a wedding, head to Dallas to watch some football. Speaking of, so if we can work something out, we will, but it might be another two weeks before we get an episode out, but we're excited. This is our first one that we're putting out. Um, if you're listening, subscribe, stay tuned, share with everybody. That's what we're just trying to get this out. Um, I'm, I'm ready for next week, man. Sure. I'm excited. We got some big games coming up and, uh, whenever we do get back together, it'll be an exciting time to recap. But in the meantime, let's go watch these games tonight and, and see how it goes. Anything else you got before we head out of here, buddy? Uh, no, sir. Just, uh, yeah. If you can subscribe to from the stands and we'll be sitting there and be ready to, to, to give our opinions in two weeks. Let's watch some good sports. That's right. We got we got Instagram coming. Um, I'll let you know the name on that next time we're together. And then All right. working on some some new logo stuff and maybe putting out some preliminary merch stuff too. Still early, but be on the lookout for that. But Instagram page will be coming. It'll be easy. You can we'll have the link in the bio and you'll be able to find where all the podcasts are at. Right now we're on Apple Podcast. That's gonna be the main place to find us. Um, other than that, we'll see you guys soon. Yes, sir. Peace out. See you next time.